You are tuning in to Damn Straight Radio. Brought to you by Damn Straight Entertainment. Supporting live, local, and underground bands from the state of New Jersey and beyond. Mike? I'm Ronnie. We are Damn Straight Entertainment and we are back with Damn Straight Radio. Yes, so we got our boys in Back From Nothing. I've been supporting these guys. They've been good friends of mine since 2017. I got them at pay-to-play shows. I got them in good basement shows. We got them their new project debut and a whole lot of people love that shit. So go ahead. Introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do. What's up, Ernie and Mike? Uh, I'm Nick. I'm the singer, and I play the rhythm guitar. I'm Vinny. I play lead guitar. I'm Henry. I play drums. What's up? I'm Marlon, and I play the bass. Yeah. All right, cool. And um, just to remind you guys, these guys are from Westchester County, New York, and they always drive a long way to play New Jersey shows, we but they New always Jersey have a blast. Shows. We love New Jersey. Yes, and we appreciate you guys showing us your love to New Jersey. So with that, Mike, you know what to do. Uh, favorite local band? Ooh. Oh, God. Uh, Green Knuckle, uh, the one that we played at Bob's place. Uh, Rob's place. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's place. <laughs> it's been you, seven months. You went to Bob's? I mean, yeah, I would say Green Knuckle Technically, he is Bob. Green Knuckle oh, Material. Oh, the Bobby Lees. They're cool. Oh, uh, the Bobby Lees are fucking, uh, and, uh, yeah, they're them, Green Knuckle Material. Those are good. Uh, I love them. Uh, the, you had the McCrackies. We actually interviewed Green Knuckle. Green Knuckle Material is one of our interviews. We have it up. Dude, they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. You saw them open for Ballyhoo at the... House of Independence in Asbury. That was nice. cool. Uh, what was it? Oh, um, name the first album you've ever bought as a kid. Benny, on the spot. <laughs> I think it was a Green Day album. <laughs> it's always Green Day. Eminem Curtain Call. <laughs> the first That's album I ever bought. Uh, I lived in Spain when I was a kid. I bought a rap album in 2006 of like a local hip hop artist. That was my my first album ever. William, any answer? Uh, I think you I think you just mooch off my records. It was Froggy Fresh, aka his name used to be Krispy Kreme. He's the guy the guy who sings Dunked On and um, what's that other song that went viral on YouTube? Krispy Kreme's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the food. All right, all right. All right, cool. So, um, how does Van get started? Oh. Well, one day. No, I, I, I guess um, we found Marlon on the side of the road. That's true. That's a given fact. No, no, no. It was, it was like me, no, me and William, me and William were playing for uh together for like at the time I want to say like eight years because we we're brothers. So we've been playing together. Oh, Candy. We were playing together for a really long time. And then uh, uh, I always wanted to be a musician, but I always felt like that was an impossible path because of my surroundings and the people who were, you know, influencing me. They just wanted me to go down, you know, a typical straight road. And uh, I couldn't do that, and I was hiding from who I was. And then one day I realized that I was a musician. There was nothing I could do to change that, and I decided to start a band. And I started a band with Vinny's girlfriend. (laughs) And then I started... A big band, and then now we're all a band. Yeah. Right. I mean, does anyone else want to say anything? 
Um, I think it's like really important to state like we're just four fucking kids that just like playing music. Like, there's nothing more to it. We started this band because that's who we are. We just like playing music and we just like making people oh, happy. Uh, I love all of you. I love all of you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take a bullet for all of you. Next question. <laughs> all right, so. You guys play in New Jersey often, or have played in New Jersey often before, you know, the pandemic hit. And um, so, what's the difference between playing over here in New Jersey and you know, around your area? There's a big difference. Um, e- even before even before uh, Corona, there wasn't a crazy music scene. Yonkers started it pretty well, actually, but around where we are, there wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, with Corona, everything fucking, I mean, you know, everything stopped. Uh, here. Yeah, before Corona, it was like um, everyone was so fucking pretentious, pretentious in New York. They're just like, all right, your set time is from six thirty to seven. It doesn't matter how long you take the last band takes to set like to take all their shit down. You need to get your shit on stage and get out. Yeah, and you need to get your stuff on stage and get out so I can have my dance club come on for the rest of the night. <laughs> and I need two hundred dollars up front for all the tickets, even if you didn't sell any. And now it's like all the venues are like, we're a family. We need to come together. <laughs> Donate to us. <laughs> Save our stages. No, but for real. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, you want to talk? One of the things about, <laughs> one of the things about uh, New York City and the venues in New York City is that it's very cutthroat in the sense that um, you'll go and play a show and no matter if the band before you got off like 15 minutes late or five minutes early, you have to get on stage and you still have that allotted time. So if it's 30 minutes and they took 15 minutes, well, guess what? You have a 20 minute set and it fucking blows. You almost did the math right there. I'll fucking I'll it, do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then uh, we started doing other stuff. We started writing a new record during the coronavirus. We finished, we pretty much finished writing it for the most part. Um, and we're going to be recording it in stages. We have to all get tested and then go to the studio because it's in Massachusetts and it's just a whole. Bunch of sh- stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this is my favorite question in the whole wide world. <laughs> Wawa or Sheets? Wawa. 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 Yeah, baby, you talk on this. Yeah. You, you were in uh, Yeah, you, you know. You know better. I went to Wawa every single day when I was in school, and there's <laughs> no comparison. There's but, no comparison. But Sheets, you know, they got the variety, man. You know, Mike and I, uh, we, uh, we went there last night. Pizza, yeah. what are you talking about? New, New York, what do you mean pizza? You want to talk about pizza? <laughs> you don't get pizza from You're Sheets. You're from friggin' Yonkers, that's not New York. Dude, but I got an email yesterday that says Ernie Polsheny was at Sheets from Facebook. <laughs> yes, that was me. I got Mike over there, and I got, I got my one best friend, you know, who I've known since 2004, since we were in the fifth grade. And, you know, I got him over there. It was his second time, and you know, I convinced him. If my mom, sheets. if my mom is listening to this interview, she's gonna tell you that the only real part of New York is the Lower East Side. <laughs> the and Lower she's East Side. Right, right. She's um, from, born and bred in Manhattan. I love the the Lower East Side. I went to college in New York City, and we actually played a show at Arlene's Groceries, which is at oh, Lower shit. East Side, okay. which is a fire venue. Yep, Manhattan. Yeah. Right. And uh, another question. Um, now that we're talking about food, favorite slice of Favorite place to get a slice of pizza? Yeah. It could be anywhere. Yeah, we've been, we talk about this on a weekly oh, basis. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then here you go. There's a place in Mamaroneck called Sal's yeah. Pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is the best place that you can get a slice of pizza. We're going. We're going to drive all I the way. I agree with Vinny. Yeah, I agree with Vinny. Sal's in Mamaroneck is like really thin, like classic pizza. 
But, yeah, it's, it's like a perfect slice. But if you're in Westchester, like closest to our house, Francesca's in Shrub Oak has the best slice. Not the best pie because pizza places try to jip you when you, when you order it. Listen, when you order a full pie, they give you, like, less dough and it's smaller. So the, the, the slice is way different. But when you go up to the yeah, counter. Don't you realize that when you get a slice from the counter, they're cutting it from a pie? No, 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 no. When you get a slice, when you get a slice from the counter, they stretch out the dough, so it's a bigger slice, so it's a thinner crust, and it tastes way different. All right. We did test it. He's right. It is true. All right, continue. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's take a look here. So what has been your favorite venue to play? It could be anywhere. Rob's New Jersey, place. New York, anywhere. Rob's place. Rob's fucking place is the best fucking show I've ever played in my life. Nice. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you guys played it a few times. Dude, there's something about Rob's place where it's just it's the right amount. Yeah, it's hilarious. For those of you that have never been to Rob's place, it's fucking hilarious. You walk down on a basement and it's a full fucking venue and you're just jamming there with two inches of space and it's the best fucking crowd you'll ever experience. And his parents are making casseroles on top, so it's and even people better. Smoke, people sometimes people smoke cigarettes inside, of, like in Dude, the basement. They have they have the subtitles on on their TV because the basement's so loud. I feel so bad for them. That's hilarious. It was so cool. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Rob's place, you know, I mean, they haven't really been doing a lot, but, you know, still, you yeah, know. When I don't, they, did, when they did, I don't think it's a thing anymore, but when they did, it well, was Well, you awesome. know, Rob, he's like out in uh, the city or somewhere in New Jersey with his girlfriend, and, oh, you know, they're happy. Oh, Maria, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. in a band, I think, too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They're in the band, yeah. yeah, they got some stuff. Uh, Jesus Wept. Jesus oh, Wept. Yeah, yeah, She's the bass player. Yeah, Miranda's yeah. Right? yeah. All right, cool. So, um, any like big festivals that you would love to play? Now, honestly, I want to fucking play uh, Bonnaroo so fucking badly. I want to be on stage on Bonnaroo just seeing the beautiful people Riot. in the crowd. That's all I need in my life. Riot Fest. Oh shit, Riot Fest. Fuck yeah. No, we're going there next year. No shot, really? We went last year too. Oh, Riot Fest would be a great place to play too. Oh yeah. Yeah, facts. I agree with what Ernie you saw Ween play for two hours straight while I watched the B fifty twos. Really? So he watched American football and he watched uh Ween back like American football played one set and then he went over and saw Ween play for two hours as I was watching the B-52s, and then I think after the whole thing was over, we went to see Wu-Tang. And then <laughs> we right saw Wu-Tang? We saw, we saw Wu-Tang play, and then right across, like, the next stage, the he another headliner was playing, and it was uh, it was Slayer playing their oh, final yeah. tour. Shit, well, to correct me on that, it was, we saw Andrew WK. I saw most of Andrew oh, yeah, WK's Andrew set, and, set and then we were walking towards Slayer. Wu-Tang was playing, and then you know, we saw Slayer for a bit and whatnot. It was fun. That's a crazy lineup. I just, I just heard everyone go... Wu-Tang was like going from left to right. They're like, okay, the, the left side, light it up. The middle, light it up. Over there on the right side, light it up. Everybody light it up. And then Slayer came on. They had like fire coming off their stage. Like they were like shooting off fire cannons and stuff. It was really cool. But yeah, and for Ween, they played the Mosque in its entirety. But before that, they played their hits, and then they played the Mosque, and then they played more of their hits after that. Um, their uh, set list is tend to be very unpredictable. And, you know, the times they played, like, weekend shows are, like, at various venues around the United States, you know. Depending on what day you go, you'll never know what those set lists could be. Because one day it could be, like, the songs that they don't really, you know, 
no one really knows about that much. Another day it could be their hits, and then another day it could be like a mix of both. But yes, let's see what else. What concerts were you, uh, since Corona hit, uh, what concerts were you guys looking forward to going to that Corona took away? <sighs> no, no, no. I was Rage gonna, Against the Machine. Oh. That's er Ernie was supposed <laughs> to go to that. <laughs> they took my favorite. I was gonna, we were going to see Turnover with Jimmy Eats World and uh, the Front Bottoms. Oh, shit. It was at the Stone Pony Summer Stage, and I was so mad that we couldn't go to that. I was like... Really want to see turnover in the front bottoms at the same show. Yeah, no, uh, the front bottoms. Like, I think that's the biggest inspiration for us. We saw them at a drive-in concert where, uh, during, yeah, in Jersey during the pandemic, and we stood on top of Nick's car and started. I love those guys, but uh, I'm not paying that much money for. Oh, a I'll pay any money to see the front bottoms. No, no. no. We, 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 I paid twenty dollars for their first ticket in, in fucking Brooklyn, and it was like seventy-five, hundred people were there. And it was just when they released Talent of the Hawk, and it was so nice. And now it's like there's like ten people on stage. Yeah. I don't know. There used to be like two guys. It was it was Bri it was Brian the the Sea Dog. And then they the added that one guy. Th they added that one guy in who was playing keyboard, yeah, who was really dude. nervous looking. Yeah. guy. <laughs> he looks like Weird Al. Yeah. He was playing because he was playing. I saw them at uh, Vintage Vinyl. That's a local record store in my yeah. town. I saw them twice. And whenever he played, he was like kind of scared. And he yeah, was, like, I always. I, so that's nervous. the one band I want the opportunity. I know it probably will never happen but I want the opportunity to get them in my studio and just have Matt and Brian just sit and sit in the studio and just keep them there for like a month and just have them write because they just need to sit down and write together and I when feel they, like it would just be phenomenal. When they played at, in Asbury, they played at Convention Hall and my friend's band, uh, they opened for them. Oh, really? Who? Yep. What band? Uh, Man Dancing. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, where, they where, opened where? for them That's and awesome. that was pretty cool because they were on the bill. A lot of times when really big bands play, you don't get put on the bill. No, I know. Like, yeah, my friend's band was on tour with the Pretenders, but they went on, like, the U.S. tour from Jersey all the way to Florida, and they were playing, like, these arenas, like like the Bergen Pack Theater and, Jesus. like, those kind of places. But they were like, you can go on tour with us, but uh, look at the flyer. Our name's not on it. So, I mean, they get <laughs> to hang out with them. They, no, they were on the whole tour, but they just weren't on the flyer. Yeah, but that but they're still playing. You still get the connections. You yeah. still get to sell your merch. That's true. Bad. I mean, um, we've opened up for a couple bands that, luckily, they put us on their bill. Um, we opened up for Cayetana, which was a great show in Amityville. We also opened up for um, the Cardboard Swords, and it was really nice to just be on the bill with, like, bands that are already successful. So oh, it made yeah. me feel really happy. Ooh. Um, how long has the band been together? Fucking years. I'm going to say five years. Six years. Yeah, yeah, something like five or six you years. Me up okay. on the side of the street six years ago. Yeah, but that was when it was the other name. Oh, what so really five, re yeah. really five years, really five years, I would say, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's four a.m. and you're hungry. What do you eat? Don't ask me. I, I, I always I, I, ask food questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, at four a.m., the first thing that I would look for is a hot pocket. But I usually don't have hot pockets. Hot pockets. pockets. Yum. So, oh, no, that's red so probably nothing. <laughs> probably just smoke weed. <laughs> when it's when it's the end of the week and there's not a lot of groceries left, your fridge is like super empty. I grab the sliced bread and whatever kind of cheese I could find, and I make the most amazing grilled cheese with like a combination of a bunch of different things. I just throw it all together. When the pandemic started, I bought 120 cans of tuna. <laughs> and I you'll, you'll kill yourself. And like I that. fucking hate tuna. But I, you I have been, yeah, I know, I, I know, I started eating tuna. 
You can have some. <laughs> hey, Mom, I'm hungry. Uh, you can make some tuna. We got a lot of that. Uh, I ate that for seven days in a row. <laughs> I think, make yeah. It make, make it eight. eight. Fuck it. Uh, all right, cool. So now I'm going to ask the ultimate question that tends to throw everybody off. Are donations bigger than a bread box? Are donations donations bigger than a bread box? Than a bread box. So wait, wait, what's a bread box? We're all cultured. Bread box is that thing where it has bread in it, that little box. (laughs) I thought you meant bread as in money. (laughs) I mean, it goes both ways. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, show you a video clip of what I'm referencing here. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this. Yep, that's the reference. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Nah, donations are not bigger than a bread box. <laughs> I think that, um... <laughs> Absolutely not. <sighs> I, no, I would say that... I'm with Ed on that one. Oh, no, that's Eddie. I'm with Eddie on that one. <laughs> I, think you can always, I think you can always pack the bread box fuller, but you can't unpack it smaller. <laughs> that's my answer. That's that my official answer. answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's see. What else? What else? All right, cool. Um, have you had any weird experiences with the shows that you've played? Yes. You're uh, more than welcome to say oh, so if you're willing to. Um, well, not not so much weird, but like such a <laughs> not 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 so much like a, a weird experience, but like a fucking amazing experience. Um, I played in front of a deaf girl before. We played in yeah, uh, we played a show in Amityville uh, Music Hall and. They have a twelve, two, uh, five by whatever it is. It's a massive fucking cabinet, and I play out of that. And the girl was standing right in front of the cabinet. The place so is tiny. It's very tiny, but it's so fucking nice to play there. Um, but when I got off stage, uh, she like gave me thumbs up, and I turned around and I saw her signing to her friend. And I was like, holy shit! Like, is this what it feels like to like make people happy with music? It felt like really nice. I know she couldn't even hear it, and she just felt it, and it's it's. it's that was like. Uh, I saw this artist called Mandy Harvey from America's Got Talent, and when the when the guitar player was playing a solo, she went up and she was feeling his guitar. But she sang every she sang and everything like the whole crowd was just crying. Like that's crazy. She, she, yeah, she was from America's Got Talent, Mandy Harvey, and she she does. And when the when the piano player she plays the the ukulele and sings, but when she plays the, when the keyboard player was playing, she just like sat on top of the keyboard to feel the vibration. One time. We drove like three and a half hours down to Long Island and we had to play. We played a show at a veterans hall with half a drum kit and 10 watt solid state combo amps. And it was really weird. It's really interesting. Yeah, we were the only band. band. It was our friend who set it up. There were a bunch of 13 year olds there. They liked it. They liked it. They liked it. It was was fun. It was, uh, yeah, it it was interesting. It was interesting. Do you guys all have the same shoes? Well, yeah, we're grease. We're supposed to be greasers. I, I really hate dressing up. I hate he looks more up. like I, I, he he looks more like Roger Klotz than anything. Because I saw Patty Mayonnaise over there, and I was like, "Well, are you Roger Klotz." Roger Klotz. And then and then and then yeah, someone called me the guy from the Pianist. The, right I, when I got. I don't here. know what that is. The, the Pianist, pianist yeah. that movie. Yeah. All right, whatever. The guy with the penis. The guy with the penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the ult- the the well. We did all these ultimate questions. I keep saying everything. It's like when people yell at me, like that's your favorite band. You said that like 20 bands ago. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the question is, when eating a black and white cookie, where do you start? White. White. Right in the white. No, right in the no, middle. You have no. to take a bite in the middle. Fuck the brown side of the cookie. It tastes like absolute garbage. You're racist. <laughs> 
I am brown. I am brown. I am full fucking brown. What do you mean? No, listen, listen. Let me let me tell you why the fucking white side of the cookie is a lot better. Why the fuck do you want to munch on the brown side? It's fucking chocolate. Munch on the white side, you'll get a much better satisfaction. <laughs> no, what you do, really, really what you do is you take a bite of the white, and then you take a bite of the brown, and it burns your throat, and then you take a bite of the white again, and it, cu- yeah. and it smooths it out, and it smooths it out. Let Let's try something. I haven't had Nick one thinks ketchup is spicy. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> so don't listen to him. Nick, Nick gets a... Nick gets a... Listen, if you want to be successful, you eat a chicken cutlet on a roll with nothing on it. <laughs> right before what? you do anything. That is what I eat every time before I go on stage. Gotta put ketchup on it. Dude, or no. sriracha. No. Fucking, uh, breaded chicken on a roll, no mayo. Put sriracha You lose on the it. flavor when you add the dressing. Sriracha. And stuff. You lose the flavor. You lose the, you, yeah. And when it's too, so dry, your mouth salivates Sriracha. <laughs> All right. Um, what? You, uh, you disagree with this, but uh, I just had it the other day. Does pineapple go on pizza? Yes. Yes. 100 fucking percent. And anybody that thinks that pineapple doesn't go on pizza, they're just straight fucking trash. Ernie. Well, then you need to relax yourself. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Not that I disagree. All right, all right. There's, it, it it's not that I disagree. It's just that, you know, it's not my thing. It's so good. Listen, listen. There's a very thin line. There's a very thin line between good pineapple pizza and bad pineapple pizza. If it has, like... The right crust, the right sauce ham flavor, pineapple. the right cheese, all of the right ratios. Let's and go get if it some. has if it has ham, bacon, pineapple, and it's like nice and crispy and it's jalapenos. Good, then, yeah, but most of the time people but don't do it right. Does pizza? Pe- the, the, the chicken parm slice. Okay, best, yeah. In my opinion, in but my opinion. does pizza go on pineapples? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See. Yeah. No, I think you can make a case for yeah. Crust. Yeah, make a pineapple crust. Has anyone done that before? No, but I saw someone where it was like a pizza shaped like a pine. It was like a pepperoni pizza shaped like a pineapple. All right, how about we make a pineapple crust? Well, na- no, now we have to make a peanut, a, a penis. A, 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 <laughs> uh, now peanut we have to make M&Ms? a pineapple pizza. That's a, that's a tongue twister. Pineapple pizza, pineapple pizza, pineapple pizza, pineapple. Walmart or Target? Ooh, Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. It's nasty, but Walmart. Yeah, it's Walmart. nasty, but Walmart. Targets? Yeah. Target? I don't know. I went to Target in Middletown. It's yeah. pretty cool, actually. Oh, Target my friend never in has anything. Target never has anything. Their shelves are always empty. I, that's, hard. that's just hard, Target. <sighs> yeah, I can't say what I was going to say. No, it's yeah. fucking Walmart. Walmart all the fucking way. Same as pineapple and pizza. Okay, okay. What has been your biggest challenges as a band, and have you been able to ov- overcome that challenges? If so, how? <laughs> the biggest challenge as a band outside of uh, all that, I would say, is being, I guess getting into a rut and feeling discouraged because Vinny made a very good point the other day. He was like, he, like we keep talking about having to change things or doing whatever, but the real, real matter of fact thing is, is that we're shouting, like we're shouting with our music. We're shouting, 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 and we're just waiting for someone to listen. And when one person listens, like that's it. That's you what know? we do. Yeah, you guys listen. We're no, always, exactly. No, I'm saying we're, we're always yeah. yelling about Damn Straight Entertainment. We're always telling people, check us out, yeah. because we just want more people in the music scene, and we yeah. want more people to listen. Dude, I think it's crazy. Like, all right, think of it this way. When you're when you're in a town, like in a suburban town, right? Mm-hmm. If you start playing loud music or whatever in your house, or you're, like, playing a show, like, you know, you'll get the cops called on you, or, like, mm-hmm. shit, shit like that. Yeah, sh- your cops will get called on you. Shit like that will happen. And it's like, th- th- if you try to go open up a venue, most of the time you can't. It, 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 there's nowhere to play, and and if you wherever you do play, it costs a lot of money to play. Yep. And so, 
And so it's like they almost want to just kill music. And then it's like, and then they wonder they why did. all these kids are fucking strung out on dope and shit like that. Look it's what, because look they what want happened them to just shut the fuck up and stay in their house. Look what they did with Corona. Out. This outlet is so, is so, I, I don't do, I'm, 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 do you guys, I, I don't like saying the word straight edge, but I am straight edge in a, in a matter. But, and, 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 and I just see all these kids doing all this shit. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's nowhere to fucking go. When you're enjoying music, you yep. don't need, you don't need I to agree. do I agree. Yeah, I mean, look. The biggest thing about it was like I was I was lost in this world. Uh, like I had nothing and nothing going for me until I met these guys and we started a band. And now it's like I found purpose in life. And I feel like all these places are just fucking everything up for all these kids to like experience mm-hmm. this yep. experience. Yeah. Like look at look at coronavirus. They basically wiped out the music scene and told people no one can go and have fun. And every other day I go on Facebook, I find out different. Either it's a really major band or it's local people in bands. They're just like either doing way too much drugs and bored in their bedroom and overdosing or just committing suicide. Well, you know what, you know what I find very interesting, actually? What I find very fucking interesting is that they shut down all these venues, right, during coronavirus. I get it. It's a problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, a lot of people can get I understand that. But then they open up schools and they open up sporting events and these kids are playing with masks on a sporting field. And I just think about I, I, I hate that sports are valued more in education than music because yes. every, the one thing that everyone can agree on is that they like music. Sports they might, is like, kind of fake. Sport, I don't listen. Sports are fun. Sports are fun. I, I, you know, Marlon likes sports. I, I'm not a big sports guy. But what pisses me off is when sports are like, like, how can you have sports going? And consider it in a safe manner. But what's but the halftime show go. consist of? Yeah. yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They spend a billion dollars on music. I think we're just fucking twisted side- sideways as a society and like what we prioritize. Like, yep. this whole music thing, it's like, to adults, it may sound stupid, but like to us, it means more than anything in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, we've been doing this for five, six years and I'm doing it with my best friends because we like to do it and we all have a fucking, the same goal of being successful and bringing back like, the New Jersey scene or bringing or just starting a New York scene like just anything in general to get this band going and a lot of people don't see it like that and it's sad yeah yeah and besides um we, uh one band that we had you know play a show back in February uh, before all this happened um in between songs they would usually say like music is a universal language and you know we do agree u- music is a universal language you know people can relate to music you know no matter how heavy it is or how soft or light it is you know if it's happy if it's sad or anything th- doesn't matter what type of music it, it is you know music yep. is a universal language music is a form of therapy yeah, it is. And the other beautiful thing about music is it has no color, it has no sex, it has no nothing. It it's vibrations in the air. It doesn't give a fuck what you are. It exactly. just is music. I mean, and I love that. People can just remain anonymous about you know the music that they put out. You know, they can just put out on the project name and not even say who and, it is. And you the know? crazy part about it is, the crazy... All right, I'm trying to watch Naruto Shippuden dubbed, and I have to pay $2... No, listen, listen, because I have to pay $2 an episode to watch it, right? Because of some streaming rights shit. You can listen to any song for $10 a month at all you want. And the artist gets doo-doo. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of fucking crazy. But whatever. I mean, we're never going to make m- money off this music shit. We're just going to make money off merch. So buy our shirts, buy our CDs, buy everything you need. Yeah, and you know, any money that you do get you from playing honestly. the show, I mean, hopefully it does <laughs> get you point, back home. Just listen to the music. Just come to the show and listen to the music and meet new people. The human yeah. connection. The human connection. Yeah. The human tip, bro. Okay, next question is, uh, who are you currently jamming in your headphones? Ooh, can we just go down the road? Yeah, we'll go down yeah. the road. Yeah. 
to start? Yeah, I'll start. Okay, my uh, one of my favorite bands. They're a local band, kinda. They're called uh, they're called Vinegar Mother. Hmm. I love them. They're like soul R&B rock. Nice. But I don't even I can't even put them in any genre. They're just so cool. You have to check them out, Vinegar Mother. Then uh, we've been jamming to Me Like Bees. That album called The Ides. Hmm. Never heard of them. Oh, it's like the perfect. Um, we've been listening to a lot of Delta Sleep. Hmm. We love Delta Sleep. Um, the Ides. Alabama Shakes. Um, what else? Yeah, you go. Yeah, that, that Alabama Shakes for me, uh, Sound and Color. I've been using that for a reference to see how my mixes are because I, I can't really find anything that's made better than that currently. Um, I love the front bottoms. They're old stuff. I, I always yeah. listen to their first record all the time. It's, it's, that record is the record that like when I get like – anxious and like really anxious that record calms me down i, I own e- i own everything but their new album on vinyl really? including their split with gdp oh you have GDP? the four songs yes oh, gdp was at one of our shows and, yeah, and actually gdp is a good uh, yeah he's a good friend of my brothers and they like they used to hang out That's fucking yeah, i used to see gdp play because he used to be in like a bunch of hardcore bands yeah, when dude, i was younger he was, he was at the meat locker yeah my, yeah, my best fun. friend is was in a band he was in like a uh, a grindcore screamo band or whatever you want to call it. They were called uh, the Post Office Gals, and Ernie's like super name. obsessed with them. And the drummer was GDP. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know he was a the drummer. The Post Office Gals. He's a drummer in a bunch of bands. Um, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like the albums I've been listening to lately is Gawk by Bundabar and Anatolia by um, Feed Me Jack. Yeah. Uh, but besides that. Blood Sugar Sex Magic will forever be the best fucking Blood album to have it been able, uh, uh, oh, ever created. We've been listening to Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl. That sounds pretty good. Sweet. Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl, fucking amazing. Uh, Listen to it backwards. This sure. is the last, qu- the one of the last questions that will end this whole thing, but what was the one album or band that changed your life? My life? Yep, that Start changed your life. Side. Not changed your wife. Changed, <laughs> changed your life. life. Okay, when I was like 14 or 15... Tiny Moving Parts came out with an album called Celebrate, and I thought like the combination of the production, sound quality, and the songwriting was just like perfect. It was exactly Tiny what I wanted parts. in in a record, pretty much. Like my, from start to finish, I thought I think I, think I still think that's a perfect record. Them. Really? Tiny Moving Parts. Yeah. What were they it called? was at it was they were called the Great Depression. It was oh, at Stevens Institute in, I think it's in Hoboken. Yeah. It's a college. They're in probably Hoboken. my all-time favorite band. They're really cool. Nice. So yeah. Um. The album Don't that me. changed your life. Green Day is the reason I started playing guitar. <laughs> okay. Um, 100%. A lot of people say that. I mean, when we... I would <laughs> yeah, right? What the fuck? I, I, would say 70, I would say 75% of the interviews that we that we do, somebody mentions Green Day. There's a reason that they've been around for as long as they have. Yeah. There is. They even have a Broadway play. Or they did. Yeah, they did. The Broadway musical, American Idiot. American Idiot, yeah. Actually, my school actually put on a production of that, which is pretty fucking interesting. Nice. Not, not fucking good. Um, so, oh, and I just want to clarify, I don't listen to any Green Day made after 2001. That <laughs> <laughs> right. it's a very important factor. Um, oh, okay. Other than that, um, I was listening to them for a while, and then what introduced me to, like, the whole other side of, of, of the scene and different genres, like, you know, like, pop punk and, um, and you know, like, like softcore, I don't know, emo. <laughs> that kind of shit. It was like the story so far in Basement. Nice. Those two bands in particular kind of moved me into that direction. When I when I started 
listening to this kind of music, new music, because I only listen to old music, old rap and old rock. And <laughs> I truly believe that there was no good new music. But oh. I just wasn't, no, that was th- this that was, was a while ago. Oh, a while ago. Oh, okay. and, and I and I and I just I didn't know any of it. And so my friend okay. put me on to the story so far, the front bottoms. Oh. Um, a lot of people have different opinions about this one, but My Chemical Romance, they have an album called the uh, you know Black, the Black Parade. Everyone knows that album, but mm-hmm. that that album actually is it's actually like made very well, like pristine, like it's sound quality, everything. And I, I think that album was like. The a good transitional album I from agree. like old rock and roll into like what new stuff. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna go more on the serious side because <laughs> I feel like it's not spoken about uh, as much as it should in our music scene. Um, and it's depression and those feelings of like wanting to hurt yourself. Um, before my second suicide attempt, I uh, listened to the uh, Sports by Modern Baseball, and that album literally just like saved me from whatever path I was going down. And that's why I talk about music being so fucking important in life because like without it we're nothing. And uh but an album that just like revolutionized the way I play bass, bro, easily, easily would be uh the La Dispute album. Oh, La Di- yeah, La yeah. Dispute. The the album with the ship on it that, yeah, they, the, that, that they took down. You have to find it on YouTube. I forgot. It's a fucking great album. You want to listen to some fucking great music, listen to that fucking album. Okay. Sweet. Alright. Yeah, so, um, how do we find you guys online? Dude, anywhere you want, back from nothing, at back from nothing, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, DM us. Yeah, all, all, all of us have the, I think all of us have the Instagram, right? Yeah, so we'll just, we'll just all answer you. Um, the, yeah, the, yeah. No, yeah, I was just gonna say, don't be afraid to reach out on our Instagrams. Um, slide into my DMs. I'll I'll have a conversation with you about music, uh, about gear, recording, anything. Let's, yeah. So. All right. They told us where they can be found. They told us about their favorite music. They told us about their favorite food. They uh, yelled about uh, Wawa and sheets. <laughs> they talked about the black and white cookie. They talked about music and depression. We talked about coronavirus. We talked about everything. So uh, I guess that's it. We've been Damn Straight Entertainment, and this has been Back From Nothing. Woo! And uh, now they're back from something because <laughs> they just played a show again. So uh, yeah. it's Back From Nothing. We got all of them here. We've been waiting a long time to get this interview in. And uh, as Ernie usually says, fucking A. So you guys got anything left to say before we close it out? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. roll. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) All right, cool. So, yeah, this has been, you know, another episode of Dan Street Radio. We're finally, you know, back into it. You know, we are planning on doing some more stuff. You know, who knows, you know, who we're going to be with next. It's unpredictable. So uh, just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dan Street ENT. Check out our website, danstreetent.com. We're on this podcast is on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can stream stuff. And you guys have a wonderful day. Love you, Love Ernie. You. Love you, Mike. Yes. This has been another episode of Damn Straight Radio, and we are Damn Straight Entertainment. Damn Straight we are. Yes. <laughs>